You're listening to Irish President Daniel Van Lebron. I'm delighted to connect with the new president of the GA in Canada. And there are a lot of firsts when it comes to who we're going to have a chat with. And I will allow the new president to tell you what those firsts are. Uh, so, um, and uh, we'll get a little bit of uh, an update on how the GAA is blossoming in Canada and the enthusiasm that exists there now and how it has developed and grown rapidly in some parts of the country. Welcome, Kerry Martin. Thanks, Austin. Nice to be here with you. So, uh, a series of firsts. You want to rattle them off. <laughs> yeah, there's a, four, a few firsts. I'm, uh, so I'm the new chairperson of Canada GA. I was elected in December 2023 for the coming year. And, um, yeah, I was, I'm the first woman, uh, to hold the position, uh, in Canada as the county chair. Um, I understand, I think I'm the fifth woman to hold a county chairperson position in the entire history of 140 years of the GA. Uh, so yeah, there's, there's a few. There's a new, um, chairperson in Donegal, Mary, who was just elected. And, uh, there's Tracy in Cork. And, uh, I understand in Britain there's been, uh, a woman elected too. So, yep. Yeah, so it, it's, uh, continuing there. And then I guess another first would be first chairperson outside of Toronto. I'm based in Ottawa, about a four and a half hour drive from Toronto. And, um, although I have, uh, all of my family, extended family lives in Ireland, my parents are from County Antrim. I actually wasn't born there. So I am the first non-Irish born <laughs> right. uh, chairperson of Canada. So, yeah, a few firsts. So at a very high level, Canadian GAA, how is the country divided? We are across uh, four divisions. So there's there's four divisions functioning. Uh, Toronto was the, the first division developed. And so Toronto has a division. We have Eastern Canada, which... Uh, we call it the Eastern Division, but there are, it basically goes from Kingston and Peterborough, Ottawa, and then east from there. So we have Montreal, Quebec City, Halifax. Uh, then we head west, and uh, the Western Division is comprised of the clubs in Alberta. So for now, Edmonton and uh, Calgary, but looking to develop more clubs in that area. And then to the furthest west coast is the Vancouver Division. And uh, that's how we're split. And there's 30 clubs across the country. Uh, split across all of those divisions. And Kerry, as I understand it, there is an affiliation, is there, with each division with a uh, county in Ireland or with the board in Ireland, is it? Or how? Yeah, so, so how it works, we have, a, we have 450 clubs, international clubs around the world. Uh, so we have, uh, Canada is considered a county and I have, we have equivalent in USGAA, is considered a county. All of the international units are. So there's USGA, New York GA, there's Asian uh, County Board, the Australian, Australasian, so that's New Zealand, Australia, um, and Europe. And they are all county boards. So uh, we are, <clears throat> each of them are twinned with a prov- provincial council um, in Ireland. So our twinning partner for Canada is Ulster GA which is a nice connection for me because that's where all my family is, is in primarily in Antrim, but also in Derry. Right. And, of course, the GAA is multidisciplined. There's football, there's hurling. Um, and I don't know, is, is handball still on the radar and is it played in Canada? Yeah, yeah uh, it is on the radar. Uh, it's actually, from an international unit perspective, it's uh, it's quite big and growing in Europe. 
um, primarily, and um, it's something that there's a, a pocket of it in Quebec that um, we we are um, looking there in discussions about affiliating. Um, but yeah, so we have the governing bodies in Ireland that we work closely with are the GAA for hurling and men's football, uh, with the Ladies Gaelic Football Association uh, for ladies football, obviously, and then the Camogie Association. And so we work very closely with with all of them. And there is uh, also, and I'm, it will, it'll, it's been on the um, agenda, the GAA Congress is coming up at the end of February. I'm going to be traveling next week to that and uh, about integrating the three associations. And uh, so that's, you know, a lot, a lot of work is being done there. Um, each of them developed at their, you know, different years. GA from 1884, it was codified and, and created the association, Camogie 1914. And uh, the LGFA is celebrating 50 years this year, so um, 1975. So anyways, a lot of work being done to amalgamate and um, just kind of get that all worked out in terms of uh, it's a big job. <laughs> I'm sure. And well, they all would be headquartered at Croke Park. I take it. Yeah. So even yeah. though there'd be an amalgamation, you effectively have three disparate bodies operating under the one physical roof at the moment. Yeah. Uh, well, they each have they each have different. I mean, the LGFA office is across the street from Croke Park. You know, so they're mm-hmm. and they're they're very you know they work very closely in terms of facilities and fixtures and and all of that already. So it's just doing a lot of formalizing of the governance structure and. Um, all of that in terms of sort of getting it, but there's a, a commitment from all three associations to to work really closely, and they're all working very hard on the integration to to get it done. Now, uh, this is a wildcat question. Um, I know. <laughs> okay. I, I know that I don't know if it was all the clubs in Ireland, or if it was just all the clubs in Limerick, but I think it was a JP McManus put a lot of money into the pockets of. Oh. of and did Canada benefit? Well, funny, no, Canada didn't benefit. So yes, there was a million euro uh, donated to every county in Ireland. And uh, when I saw that announcement, I put a little message over on Instagram saying, "Hey, would you consider uh, some money flowing to the international units?" But you know, funny enough, I didn't get a response. Right. But uh, yeah, incredible, um, you know, generous donation that is going to make a really big difference. And so it's going to the county boards, each county board, and then uh, pro rata is going to go out to each of the clubs. So I mean, some of the counties with less clubs on a per club basis, they're going to get uh, more money. Um, but it's, you know, it's great. And they, they, you know, some of the smaller clubs need that um, in terms of getting, you know, growing the game and facilities and, and supporting um, everything that all the operations. Traditionally, the GA was divided or organized along parish lines. And yeah. I know as things have radically changed in every respect, uh, partially, because of immigration and amalgamation and, and uh, just the changing of the demographics. So uh, even at the reorganized level, I know many rural clubs particularly are struggling, and that's primarily because of immigration, which is why Vancouver is mushrooming. Uh, and other, other, <laughs> yes. As they say, uh, one man's last is, last is another man's game. Um, yep. And if would you like to talk to the influx of mm. players that has happened over the last number of years across the country. Yeah, definitely. So it, 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 
we have really seen um, a big increase in immigration. And, and uh, I was just recently reviewing the draft strategic plan for the World GAA, which is it covers all of the, those 450 international clubs. And there were some really interesting statistics in there going back in terms of sort of the immigration to each of the different regions. And so you can see it in, in a lot of um, you know, in past years, there was a lot more immigration to the U.S. and then immigration laws changed. Canada has uh, a great program, you know, with a two-year visa that is is pretty uh, straightforward for, for people to get and then a, a pretty good path to permanent residence. Um, and so I think a lot of young people are taking advantage of that. They come out for um, one or two years and sort of test the waters, see if it's something that they want, and then can continue on to get the permanent residence and eventually citizenship. Um, and so, yeah, just looking at that. So for us, what we, where we've really seen growth in the last two to four years has been in Vancouver, as you, as you said. So I've been invo- involved uh, in the county board over the last five years, and it went from, say, two clubs in Vancouver, and so now we're up around nine. And, in fact, this year, uh, the first uh, all-youth club. So they were running youth programs sort of um, in sort of through some of the clubs. Now they've centralized uh, and have Lakela Vancouver Youth Club just started. So so that's great. Um, it's a very young demographic. So really the, you know, the bulk of the, the membership in is maybe from early 20s to, to late 20s, early 30s at the most. And so now the ones that um, have decided to stay or having a family, they want something for their kids. And so it's great to see. Um, we have that in Toronto. Toronto has had um, immigration longer, you know, dating back longer. You know, we have have already have second generation um, and third generation in some cases uh, in Toronto. Uh, and you have people that have been in Toronto 50 years and were playing hurling and football back then who now are sort of the, the stalwarts. Uh, and, you know, you'll see them around Centennial Park on a weekend supporting and they put in their years playing. They put in their years volunteering. And um, and so and so the chieftains in Toronto, Toronto chieftains are um, have, you know, probably 100 kids um, out each weekend. And uh, so much so. And, and Toronto is a big city like Vancouver. And so regionally, it's tough to get to one location. So this year there's a second club, youth club called uh, Michael Davitz that's just started um, in Toronto. And so now we'll have sort of one west side, one east side, and just, you know, great people involved and who are really passionate. You know, we're very involved themselves. Their kids are involved and now they're, you know, growing it for the next generation, which is so great to see. I'm familiar with the program that existed in Ottawa where the GA locally was going into the schools and mm-hmm. um, we're able to develop that relationship. Were other areas across the country able to do the same, literally infiltrate the education. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's been great. So in my own club in Ottawa, uh, when I first started nearly 25 years ago, there was quite a few members who were teachers and they're, you know, Canadian, maybe had Irish, Irish heritage or, or, or descent, but um, loved the sports. And as phys ed teachers just knew sort of from a fundamentals and, uh, basics, how, how great these sports are to introduce to kids. And so worked really hard to do that. And then about 10 years ago or so, um, Ottawa Gales brought coaches over on sort of summer programs. Uh, they were in the schools May and June and then worked with the teachers to deliver uh, a, a one-day tournament. So we might have had 400 boys on uh, one day, 400 girls on the on the, the next day, and then the club would help referee and 
and deliver that and, and it's been really successful. It's just really hard to keep that going when you only have volunteers. And so we are a hundred percent volunteer, um, run as, as you know, the GA pretty much is. Um, and so it was just hard to kind of maintain it. And so I, we'd love to really re- revitalize that and, and really teachers and phys ed teachers particularly are, are partners in delivering that. So if we can kind of package up the, the uh, curriculum and um, get little coaching guide and and uh, and things like that and, and get it back out into the schools. Um, and so there has been efforts in in Toronto and then I know um, I think in Vancouver you know they they work with some of them but I think it's really at a club level mostly that um, clubs have been delivering it uh, across the country. But I do just from a strategic perspective from putting my Canada GA hat on, I would love to be able to develop a program that we can package up and just get into the schools and, and uh, you know, get, get basically them to be our delivery partners. The result of that type of effort is that you're able to do what you did, I think, last year, and that is bring a representative team or more mm-hmm. from Canada back to Ireland and that yeah. they're able to compete in Ireland at a very high level. Uh, that was at the World, uh, was it, uh, the World Championship last year in, in Ireland. Uh, talk yeah. Talk about that. Yeah, so that is what you're um, referring to is called the GA World Games, and it's a an international tournament. And in, in recent years, it's been held every, every three years. So 20, well, there was an initial one in Abu Dhabi 2015. Then it went to Dublin in 20. 16 to Waterford in 2019, and then it was in Derry this past summer. And so what we saw uh, was in Ottawa as an example. So we had of the roster of about 13, I think nine of the uh, men on the, on the men's, the, the men's team that went came through our youth program. And actually one of them was my son. <laughs> so, um, which was just a joy for me uh, to see and be able to, to watch him compete and, and know that he'd, he'd come through the youth pro- program. And like so many Canadian kids, very multi-sport, all of the, all of the kids, you know, Gaelic was one part of it. And we just, we don't have enough regular games to keep, you know, keep kids having that as their primary sport. So soccer, basketball, volleyball, hockey players, um, and which is, is a, it's phenomenal. And, and often you'll see, you know, athletes are better when they've done multi-sport. Um, so anyway, it was very exciting to see that and Toronto as well had a men's team who had quite a few, uh, of the, the players had come through their youth program as well. And, and that's what we want to see more and more of. And, um, and what it does for players coming through is it gives them something, you know, if they're 16, 17 and they know about this tournament, it, it gives them that sort of incentive and, and that draw to keep involved. And so it's a really important program, um, to the, the world games to just really keep that, uh, and give them, you know, international opportunities. So when you mentioned that there's the four regions, one of the, challenges that exist in a country as large as Canada is the question of travel. I know my own daughter and her uh, two boys uh, are dragged in all different directions at the weekend for a <laughs> sport. Yep. And uh, the distances, particularly when you get to outside of Toronto or outside of Vancouver, when they're big, the distances are big enough within Toronto and Vancouver, when you go from Kingston, be it to Montreal, to Halifax, uh, the distances are considerable and the commitment yep. needed in order to have a, a tournament that caters to that is huge. So I guess yep. uh, on a regional basis it would rotate outside of Toronto, Vancouver 
that the eastern region as such might be what in Ottawa one year, Montreal another year. Uh, yeah, and that's the easiest way of pulling the teams together. Yeah, that's it. So each division will have a championship, uh, but the format between the divisions is a little different. So for Toronto and Vancouver, they'll run their league and their championship within the city uh, city limits, and so the teams just each week it's a weekly championship. Whereas for the Western Division and for the Eastern Division, uh, we schedule a one day t- uh, a weekend tournament. So for the Eastern Division this year, it actually um, happens to be in Ottawa, and it's going to be. Uh, third weekend, second weekend of August. Last year it was in Quebec City, so it rotates around. It's been in Montreal. It's been in Halifax. Um, and so teams, uh, a lot of clubs, uh, Montreal has been a, a real uh, leader in this, in, in developing a, an inter-club league, a super league. And so they they set it up. They have, you know, uh, 100 players, say. They do a draft night, assign them to teams, and they run a regular um, inter-club uh league throughout throughout the year and have their championship and awards and everything but that's great development and it gets the players really ready to then compete in the eastern championships uh which you know are are held each year sort of sort of in august and then what's exciting for this year we had we have our canadian national championships coming up so this is the second time we've run it uh the first time was in 2022 in toronto and uh, this is where we get teams from across the country uh, to travel into one location. And uh, we have all all grades and all codes of the game being played. And so we're super excited to be heading west this year. It'll be um, in Vancouver, uh, actually at Burnaby Lakes. And um, it's the Labor Day weekend, so August 31st and September 1st. So we'll have clubs from across the country heading there to play and uh, really excited to go there. And actually, as a little fun fact, the mayor of Burnaby, Mike Hurley, is from Mahara in County Derry. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it kind of feels like we're just planning a great big party in in Vancouver and, and Burnaby just to, to celebrate Irish culture and, and Irish sport. So it's uh, it'll be an exciting time. And there's a, there's an amazing um, committee in Vancouver. There, they have just so many volunteers and so many people committed to to making this a great event and obviously supported by the Canadian County Board as well. And uh, yeah, so that'll be what's on the on the agenda for this year. So training um, is underway indoors at this point in time, but the games will start outdoors in the outside of the West, uh, probably in May. They're, they're more yeah. uh, a milder time at out West, more like Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> yes, very much. Their their season is 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 a lot more like already. If you look on social media, and I, because I follow every club across the country on on Instagram, so I can see what everyone's doing. And so they they're having like St. Finian's in Vancouver. I saw posted they're having their Friday night lights, you know, uh, happening outside. And we're sitting here. I mean, it's not. It's a pretty mild winter this this year in in Ottawa, but uh, we're still in domes. And Montreal is in a dome, and um, you know, Calgary for sure, Edmonton. So we're we're We'll be in our in the dome until the end of April, uh, and then you know Toronto and and uh, the rest rest of us will get outside sort of end of April May, and then start into league and and championship games and and traveling too. So we have a, a really good collaboration going with USGA and with New York GA, and so we have in the works this year some uh, joint tournaments and competitions that are happening and so invitational we have a, a camogie invitational uh coming up in this year and then every year we have we we work closely with usga on uh the, the continental youth championship 
So that is earlier this year. It's July 11th to 15th, I think. Um, but that is some sort of event. I don't know, um, Austin, if you've ever made it down for that event, but it is unreal. My kids, I had taken my kids to that over the years in Boston and, and uh, New York. And uh, it's, I think it is considered the largest youth uh, Gaelic Games tournament outside of Ireland. And you'll have over 2,000 kids from U6 to U18 right. <clears throat> playing all codes. And, um, you know, they're all American and Canadian kids that um, are, you know, thankfully growing up, introduced to these sports really young. And I, I always think, gosh, I wish if I'd have been introduced really young and been able, I was always a soccer player. I mean, I played every sport growing up, but soccer was my main sport. I didn't start playing Gaelic games until uh, I was an adult. And I always think, gosh, I could have been a lot better if I'd have started when I was six. <laughs> and Terry, is there a... Canada GA website that then gives access to all the various other clubs. Yes, yes, absolutely. So if you just go to GaelicGamesCanada.com and on there, there's a club section. And so you can look at, just go onto the map and then you can just see where, uh, you know, click. If so, if you're in, in BC, there's a, a club on Vancouver Island as well as clubs in or all around Vancouver. You can go in, look at the different summer hurling, Summer hurling and camogie, summer men's and ladies football only. So you can see what whatever sport you're interested in, and uh, and then just reach out to the clubs that way. Same in every city, and <laughs> there are you know clubs are extremely welcoming here. And it's something that I hear a lot in terms of um, folks that have moved from Ireland to. And it's not just Canada; it's not unique to Canada, but any international unit. It's a super welcoming. Uh, group that that people are coming to and so often it becomes the core it's uh, often it's the first phone call that people make is to the GAA and that they find their friends they find a place to live they find a job and they get to play the sports they love so yeah so everything's there on the website and and social media as well Instagram and Facebook you can find us at Canada GAA. Perry and over the coming months we've tried to connect with a lot of the clubs and uh, share their story and get a little bit of the history of some of these clubs as well and who was behind them and uh, how they've developed. But I certainly want to thank you for taking the time. It's been great catching up and congratulations on your election and wishing you the best over the next year. Thanks so much, Austin. Yeah, we'll look forward to uh, connecting all the clubs with you and there's so many interesting stories. So that'd be great if you can help bring those to life.